that you gave years ago? These nuts that you sent you know. <laughs> so uh, you gave me some great notes to go off of, which was great. And uh, so we're going to follow the notes somewhat, but not exactly. So bear with me, please. So firstly, I'm just super excited to be here with you guys. I've been here at least once before. I feel like it's been many times. I just feel at home. I love being around, you know, college students, just the energy. We have so many young adults. Say, Suze, you're always invited. And uh, just an honor to be here with you. I was going to bring, I forgot to bring, I was going to, I was thinking about bringing, I have this statue of this guy who looks like St. Ignatius. So today we're talking about the examine and uh, spiritual battle. And um, yeah, the battle of the mind. And so... Uh, I was going to bring this guy who looks like St. Ignatius. He also had red hair, beard, and uh, St. Ignatius had a little bit of red hair, I think. But this was actually his roommate, St. Francis Xavier, who I have a statue of. And it's awesome. He's wearing a cassock. He's wearing a surplus. He has his preaching stole on. You can tell he's ready to just go out. So if you know much about St. Francis Xavier, he went all the way to Japan, you know, as a missionary, which is awesome. But I think it's so cool to think about him and St. Ignatius and Peter Faber, these three college roommates. How dope is that, right? I mean, they're just all there. So you guys are here doing the same thing, right? Challenging each other, growing each other with as saints, growing together. And uh, so how beautiful that is, you know, that we're all called to be saints too. It's not some distant thing, like all totally unattainable. You know, that God wants us all to be saints and how we need those holy friendships, right, to do that. And so it's so good we enter into uh, just this, uh, well, especially to the theme of this year. I love that. Play like a champion today, right? Yeah? Okay. That's what I heard. And so I'm stoked for that too, that uh, just the time, yeah, that we are in a battle that we're, you know, in the game, and so we got to get our game face on, right? we got to get our head in the game, all these different things. And so firstly, just kind of the introduction, we have here about uh, man and uh, communion, losing communion with God, original sin. But what I want to talk about at the very beginning, of course, is just uh, discerning spirits. And so in 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, The spirit we have received is not the world's spirit, but God's spirit, helping us to recognize the gifts he has given us. And so we all particularly receive that in a special way at our baptism, right? The Holy Spirit, you know, we're cleansed of original sin, but we still have to deal with the fall of man, right? These uh, fallen nature and our fallen world. Um, And then another scripture, 1 Corinthians, it says, the Spirit scrutinizes all matters, even the deep things of God, who, for example, knows a man's innermost self, but the man's own spirit within him. And so there's this idea of uh, different spirits in the world, right? And so there's three main types, I guess we mentioned. So firstly, there's God. So God, right, is spirit, but also we have human spirits. So we ourselves as humans, right, body and soul, but also we have a spiritual aspect. And then angelic spirits. And of course, that includes good and evil. And so these three spirits are the origin of basically everything that happens in the world, right? You know, God created the world, then there's us humans, we have free choice, and then there's good and evil spirits. And uh, I'm taking a lot, just this introduction, a lot of the notes from Father Al Lauer, who is a priest here in Cincinnati, who's since passed on, but um, from a, t- a little excerpt he gave on discerning spirits. Um, and so there's the three, three spirits, three origins of everything that happens. And so to understand life, then we need to discern the spirits behind things, right? And so this is uh, more than more complicated than just discerning, like you know, is this a good or bad or God? You know, so that there's kind of a mix at times. Um, But at times, too, both the Holy Spirit and demons can work uh, within or work through the human spirit. And so we need to understand that reality is a special gift from God, but also that there's a beautiful gift of discernment of spirits. And so 
First uh, Corinthians twelve ten. Just so you know, we're not making this up. Okay, we'll look this one up. And so, uh, okay, there are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. To one is given through the Spirit the expression of wisdom. To another, the expression of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, mighty deeds. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment of spirits. To another, varieties of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit produces all of these, distributing them individually to each person as he wishes. And so, some people, uh, this Spirit is more alive than, than others, right? And so... Some of us uh, don't even have this, right? We need to pray for it. And so often we, I think we could recognize these gifts in other people even better than ourselves, you know? So it's good when you see someone has a gift to just say that they have it, you know, just some of those gifts, right? Like if you notice someone has the discernment of spirits to encourage them in that. And so, but we could all grow in this, right? It's like the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've received them a confirmation, but we need to do our part too, right? To pray to the Holy Spirit and then to live them out. Um, okay. And so we continually need to uh, just grow in that. And it will help us, you know, in discerning, in, uh, when we have the discernment of spirits, then we can help, it'll help us overcome, right, those evil spirits to discern where they are and to avoid the division, you know, and avoid being defeated by them. Um, and then we can continue to come to know the deep things of God, as 1 Corinthians also says. And in that then, knowing the truth, uh, about life and to find that true peace, that true joy, and be victorious in Christ, right? So be those champions that we're striving to be. Okay, so that's kind of uh, just an introduction of uh, discernment of spirits and uh, the, three, the three types of spirits. But it's so good, too, is we're, you know, play like a champion today, right? So we have to have a plan. And so part of that is analyzing, right? So People who are going to be a champion, they watch film, right? They do these things with scene for any time, right? Sit down and watch film, watch the past game. You've got to analyze, you know, what they did, what they did wrong, what they did right. And so that's kind of like discernment of spirits in some sense. Like looking back, we'll talk about the exam, and of course, today too, and uh, how that enters in. So it's kind of like watching film, like preparing for the next game, getting our head in the game. Um, very good. So. Okay, and so we are in this battle then, but, and discernment then is a tool for the battle to help us to make the discernment about what is right and wrong. And so we look to St. Ignatius, who kind of came up with uh, a good way to help with discernment uh, in various types of discernment, but particularly discernment of spirits too. But also we're going to talk about the examine later. And so all of you probably know at least a little bit about St. Ignatius, but if you don't, he was a soldier, of course. He went into battle. He had great aspirations about being uh, a great warrior in some sense, right? And, you know, being known for, uh, yeah, winning battles or whatever it was. That was kind of the thing he was longing for, you know, to be... uh, And he was focusing on the worldly things. But then he was wounded in 1521. He got hit by a cannonball and uh, took out both of his legs, one particularly his knee. And he was so vain at the time that, like, they kept... He kept having them re-break his leg because he didn't want to limp, you know, he was worried about, you know, if he could wear his boots and walk around and he wanted to look good and all this stuff. But the beautiful thing is that his conversion really began at this time. He was stuck, and so he began to read, and in 
place where he was recuperating, the only books they had were, they only had two books, one on the life of Christ and another on the lives of the saints. And he used to love to read, but I believe he liked to read about, you know, great warriors, you know, romantic stories and all that kind of thing. But what he began to realize during this time as the Lord was slowly working on his heart is that when he read these, you know, stories about, you know, romantic stories and stories about warriors and all this, is that he found joy in the midst of reading it, but afterwards he was kind of left empty. And so that's something like kind of started a discernment. And then he realized when he started to read the life of Christ, the lives of the saints, afterwards he would have like this joy, this peace, kind of this excitement that would just continue on for a very long time. And so that's where he began to begin to learn about this discernment. And he really felt uh, just the power in that and learned from that too. And of course he really began his conversion, eventually of course became a priest and uh, then, yeah, started the, the, the Jesuits, of course. Um, let me pull out this one. Sorry, I have a lot of different notes tonight. <laughs> okay, so Ignatius then in that, he began to uncover, and through prayer too, and just the Lord's inspiration, but came to find those insights in the movements of the heart. You know, in these everyday feelings that we have at times too, which can help, uh, which are part of our existence, of course. But when we discern these, when we think about these, we can see where we're being drawn and how uh, there are good and evil spirits. So these are kind of part of those spiritual principles aspect on the handout. Um, but he recognized how the person must respond to these movements, these things which we encounter in our lives. And so there's three steps uh, that are listed here. Firstly, be aware, understand, and act. So firstly, it's just good to be aware that this is going on, right? That we're encountering spiritual realities in the world. If you ever talk to African, it's so interesting. Uh, if you have any, I'm sure there's plenty of Africans that you see, which is cool. It's always diverse at big college campuses. But they have often a great awareness of the spiritual world. That we as Americans, we don't really have it a lot of times, at least your average American. But it's cool to realize that, yeah, the spiritual world is real. And um, so just to be aware of that firstly, right? And then to understand, right? So to reflect, excuse me, reflecting on, uh, on the awareness and to identify what is of God and what is not. And so beginning to learn that, beginning to understand that. And then, of course, as humans, we have the ability to act, right? To act upon that once we can understand it. Okay, very good. Um, and so then, kind of, there are these four rules that we'll go over tonight uh, to help us discern what is going on inside our hearts. And I believe Ignatius has, like, eight altogether, but I kind of just wanted to break them up as the first two and then the second two. So... You don't really have to think of it as a rule particularly, but that's what he called it. But uh, just like four different things that can be going on in the spiritual life and can help us in discernment. And uh, if anyone else has comments too, I know we have some guys who went to uh, St. Ignatius High School right here. We have somebody who has uh, the spiritual exercises in the back of his notebook. So feel free to raise your hand. I'm not an expert in this. I'm still working on it too. Uh, And there's things that can help each of us. It's not going to be the exact same for each one of us. You know, we're all different. We're all unique. Um, but we could learn so much from this. So the first one um, is talks about a person who is going from mortal sin to mortal sin. Someone who's stuck in sin and has this path in their, uh, has this, uh, right, they're stuck in a rut, right? They're stuck in mortal sin. And so what is the good spirit doing in this instance? What is the evil spirit doing? And so here the good spirit is basically trying to disturb the person, to shake them up. Um, it's giving them like remorse or discontent, you know, because they're stuck And it's trying to help them feel like that feeling of you've hit rock bottom. You know, I think of the prodigal son, right? 
when he realizes, like, okay, I'm feeding pigs and I can't even eat their food. Like, this is, this is horrible. You know, I want, I want the peace I remember. And then they remember their identity, too, which their identity is always so important, that we are sons and daughters of God. And so that the good spirit can actually helping, help us feel that remorse at times, too, right? Um, to have this be discontent, to not be happy when we're, like, in sin and I want to get out. You know, even that's a good thing, right? We want to get out of it. But the evil spirit, when someone's stuck, you know, in serious sin or this kind of lifestyle, that it wants them to be like, oh, you're good, you know, just keep enjoying life, you know, it's about pleasure and, you know, it does still feel good, these kind of things. And continually, of course, to just help them find complacency, contentment, and then, of course, just leads to further confusion and further darkness. Uh, So I think it's just good to mention... um, well, I don't know exactly how I'm going to say that. But anyways, okay. Um, I was just going to say something else. Sometimes when you, when you see people directly, well, I think this should be obvious. When you see somebody like directly taking joy in something that's wrong, how that's, that should really you know, make you think, like, okay, something is severely wrong in here. Even just like when they're joking about it uh, at times. Um, to just be aware of that. To be aware of that. Okay, so that's kind of the first one. The second one then is... Um, Maybe counterintuitive at first, but I mean, I think it makes sense because it's kind of the opposite of the, the first one we had. And so this example is people trying to be holy. And so the spirits work in a different ways now, right? Because now the good spirit is one that's strengthening us, encouraging us, right? The one that's building us up, helping us to have, you know, those, those good consolations, those good uh, feelings when we do the right thing. And the evil spirit is one that wants us to, you know, give in to anxiety, sadness, frustration. Even, you know, if you're doing great, and then, like, whatever, you commit a sin or something that's just really frustrating, and the evil, just wants, the evil spirit just wants to beat you down. They're like, oh, I'll tell you the worst, and have you just focus on that, right? But the Lord and the good spirits are continually trying to build you up, and so that's good to remember. So on the path to holiness, how they kind of flip, that the good spirit is the one strengthening, encouraging, and the evil one, uh, yeah, just trying to create that anxiety, sadness, frustration, having you focus on faults, I think is part of it. Uh, that's more so my own thought, but I think it ties in. Okay, so those are the first two. Then these, then we come to the other two, the second two, third and the fourth, consolation and desolation. And so you might experience consolation at times, which is great, when you're just praying and uh, you just feel the Lord's peace, you know, and it feels awesome and it's great, and you're just loving life, and you're, you know, on fire with love for God. But even more so, yeah, just the presence of God is there, right? And things are good. And, um, yeah. And so that's a beautiful thing, right? You know, when we, we experience that. But to realize, too, also then that we have desolation. And so it's a, they're a contrast, right? And so desolation then is experience of the soul, you know, we're feeling like a heavy darkness or doubts. And good things to be aware of, too, is that when we're in desolation, you know, it doesn't um, even have to mean, you know, that we're in serious sin or something. But still, at this time, because we're not experiencing, like, the great presence and consolations of God, that it's, we just got to be more aware of things we're drawn to, right? Our weaknesses, right? So material comforts or maybe gratifications of the flesh or, you know, one thing I think which is a struggle for people too at this time when you're experiencing desolation is memories of the past gratification. You know, you think like, oh, well, before I wasn't doing this like holy thing and like, yeah, it was, I was really happy or like maybe in the beginning, you know, why don't I have that? Or, you know, even uh, just things of the past. So to not get too wrapped up in that too. Um, or even just mindless diversion or getting caught up in anything we can to just distract us, right? Which can eventually just lead us uh, away from the Lord. You know, if we just get into it, too much into it, like, you know, internet, 
media, video games, or shopping, whatever our weakness is, we just got to be aware in these moments of desolation. Okay. Um, and I found this great explanation, too, of what it really is. And so I thought I'd read this. This was on a website for uh, Ignatian Spirituality, and it says, the key question interpreting consolation and desolation is, where is the movement coming from, and where is it leading me? I thought that was great. Where is the movement coming from, and where is it leading me? Spiritual consolation does not always mean happiness. Spiritual desolation does not always mean sadness. Sometimes an experience of sadness is a moment of conversion and intimacy with God. Times of human suffering can be moments of great grace. Similarly, peace or happiness can be illusory if these feelings are helping us avoid changes we need to make. Wow, so that's profound. So these are those kind of times we have to really think, right? Consolation and desolation. So the example I think of is, um, I'm sure all of you have known someone who has cancer, right? Some uh, like tough disease, something really tough to deal with. And at times, though, it's surprising after people have had it for a while or they're really struggling, you come across people, this is not that rare, and they say, wow, this is the best thing that's happened in my life. And you're like, wow, that's uh, pretty profound. And like, we haven't even lived through it. But we see how the Lord is working through their cross, right? And that they're finally open to it. Maybe they needed that change, the Lord, to work through that. So they were in like heavy desolation. You know, they were at, a, they were at some major lows, but they see how their life has changed. Now they find the true meaning of life. So I think that's a great example of how the Lord can work through desolation, through cross. Um, but also a consolation, right? How consolation is good. But sometimes we need something to wake us up or something to help us make that next step. And of course, um, we can go into the spiritual life and all that. But at times, I think that's part of it for all of us. You know, whether we're not all going to like hit rock bottom, you know, and that kind of thing. But how there are difficult times and we could see how there's growth afterwards. Um, I know in my own life, one time I made this decision, and then I just had a really a dark moment for a while, and realizing at the moment, I'm like, what is going on? You know, yeah, I don't hear the Lord or anything, but then realizing afterwards, like, that I, thanks be to God, by His grace, I was able to kind of make that choice, like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And in that then, I realized how the Lord built my faith up, you know? It's kind of like when people are, I think, when people have been married a couple years, you know, and the honeymoon phase is over, and they're like, okay, well, I'm not really feeling it this morning, but I'm going to still tell my spouse I love them. I'm just going to live it because I've made this choice. And that's when the love becomes purified in a deeper way and how beautiful that is. You know, when you see these old couples just doing that and they have the joy, you know, of course the joy is going to come back at times, but at times it's not going to be there. And so the same is for all, for all of us, I think, in the spiritual life. Okay, very good. Um, let me just pull this out. Sorry, Ethan, I wasn't clear. Do you want me to go over the exam, or are you going to do that? No, go Okay, all right. All right. Very good. So the exam is something that helps us to do this in the day-to-day, right, which is very cool. And so it's indeed a powerful tool in the spiritual battle. They talked about watching film. I think it's like that, you know, watching the game, but watching our own lives. Where is the Lord working? Where are evil spirits, good spirits, the Holy Spirit? And so it is indeed a prayer, but it's also a process. And I think it's definitely something we grow into over time. At times I feel I'm doing it, and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing still, you know? So uh, 
it's, uh, it's something we definitely uh, can grow with over time and just pray for that yeah, enlightenment of the Holy Spirit too and how to do it. And uh, so often this is done at the end of the day, right, to look over your day, but even some people do it in the midday too, uh, just like, um, but yeah, it can really help you understand the movements of your own heart and then uh, movements of the Lord where he's calling you to and then just things you have to deal with. Um, to understand, yeah, the consolations of the day, the desolations, um, and hopefully I can help you become uh, just uh, to enter more into prayer, but also be more intentional, right? And so to make, to see things before they're coming, because, you know, as I mentioned, those three points at the beginning, um, you know, that we have to, to understand and to act and all those, that uh, it really helps us understand and be more intentional. And it is things that we may not realize at first, so it's good to just do this over time. And it will help us to be more aware. Okay, so firstly, um, let's see, I don't know. Let's see here what you guys have. Okay, yeah, good. So Thanksgiving is the first step, right? So it's a good thing to do before you go to bed or when you're doing your night prayer, just to give thanks to God for the gift of your life and the events of the day. The other thing you remember is the examine is great because it's not all like, okay, where did I mess up today? That's not what it's about, right? So just throw that out, you know? I mean, that's part of it, but... There's part of it, too, just gratitude to so Thanksgiving. Firstly, just like, thank you, God, for this day. You know, whether it was good or bad, you know, it's all yours, right? And so that's why it's so good to have the beginning of the day, give it to the Lord, everything, no matter what happens, prayers, works, joys, and sufferings, right? And then, But at the end of the day, just to give thanks to God, give it all back to Him. That's all He wants, you know? And so, uh, so then to make that petition for light, right? So asking the grace of the Holy Spirit to enlighten us, uh, to see what He wants us to see in our day. You know, where can we learn? Where that kind of thing. And then to review uh, God's presence in the work of our hearts. And I was listening to a talk recently, and I've written these. These are actually the questions by my bedside right now, um, which I'm still working on going through them. But these are the ones that I like to use for that section. It says, where was God in my life today? How did I say yes to his presence? And when did he invite me forward? And I said, no. And so it's cool. So, right, we have the positive and the negative. Firstly, where is God in my life today, right? It's kind of good to just think about, like, oh, yeah, there was that grace today, that person. You know, I got to talk to that person on the phone. That was awesome, you know, or just little blessings, which is so good. And then how did I say yes to the Lord's presence? You know, that's always encouraging, too. Like, okay, you know, maybe I'm not a saint yet, but, like, I did this right. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, and uh, even there's always something good we could find in the day, which is so great. And it's encouraging to ourselves. And then we can realize how the Lord's blessings are. Sometimes it's easy to get caught in negative things. So how did I say yes to his presence? And then how did he invite you forward and you said no? So at times too, it's like, okay, you know, I should, I got to pray for courage. I could be aware in the future now of this moment, like that I struggle at this point, you know, or to pray for that courage uh, for the future or, you know, I messed up Lord. And then of course it's good to just, uh, yeah, have that, you know, bring the Lord sorrow for your mistakes too, but also how he's working in that, right? Or uh, times of temptation, that kind of thing. Or where did he invite me forward and I said no? What do I got to avoid in the future? So it's like watching right, slow-mo film, right? You could see it so much better. Like, okay, this is where I screw up. Yeah, or like, this is where I need to pray before I go into this situation, you know? Or like, I need to pray before I go into, to drive because I get frustrated when I'm driving and I get angry, right? To so just think like, okay, so what, how can I prepare? So it's good to just like watch it all in slow-mo for a minute. Ask the Holy Spirit, like, show me what you want me to show Show me about my life. Um, and then, so, reviewing of God's presence in our hearts. And then, um, our personal response. 
And so in consolation, of course, right, thanking God for his presence and actions in our life. And then when we are experiencing desolation, right, to, as I mentioned before, kind of clinging to the truth, clinging to uh, the Lord. Um, and then, you know, praying against particular desolations, which is good too. Or even just like renouncing uh, spirits of desolation or, you know, depression or whatever it may be, things you're struggling with, just to be not afraid to renounce that in Jesus' name. Um, and then, of course, just asking the Lord for forgiveness, you know, repenting of sins. You could say an act of contrition if you want, or, you know, as Mass, we say, I confess to Almighty God, you could do that. Um, and then just um, praying for patience, right? And, uh, and that gift of long-suffering in the midst of trials, right? That the Lord will pray for perfect appearance. Usually I pray for, you know, that courage, right? Courage is a good one I always need as a priest. It's hate things I don't really feel like saying, but people have to hear, right? It's like being a prophet. I'm sure we all need that at times. Um, but see where the Holy Spirit is leading you. You know, where do you need that in your life? And then, I kind of already mentioned it, but that, that idea of looking forward, this last point. What we've learned from these experiences, how can I change, and what is my cross? You know, what is the calling, what is the Lord calling me to? And um, how can I live that out? And then, of course, um, help me tomorrow, right? Lord, help me tomorrow. Help me to, to continually follow you. Help me to work on these areas. Give me the strength. And I continually need to pray for that. And so there's great wisdom uh, in these exercises, of course. As you can see, many of you, it sounds like you've been doing it, uh, which is awesome. I'm still working on it myself, as I mentioned. And it can help keep us on the path to virtue, right? And see these little things over time, which can really help us. That we're very intentional about our lives. Uh, it's very practical. But also remind us that we're in the battle, too, right? You know, that we're like, okay, you know, everything is not on us. That there are, the Lord is there to console us, right? To give us the Holy Spirit. And we have great power in the Holy Spirit. So just to take joy in that, in those wins, right? Those fruits that we see, how we should focus on those, too, which is so powerful, I think. And then we could have confidence in God, you know, that he is leading us, that he has conquered Satan, right? In the end, we know that the Lord wins. And so it's so powerful. And so I just want to encourage you guys to continually, yeah, just delve into, um, the, uh, the, just this life of discernment, of taking time to uh, reflect, right? It's so, so hard in our world to take time to reflect, right? We're so like, go, 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 go. But if you could just work this in uh, to part of the end of your day, how it can really help just be more intentional to live out your faith and uh, to just grow. And uh, also even just to share a time too, like they mentioned, sometimes when you're doing the exam, just to bring, even if you have struggles, any of these, you can bring them to confession just for like a little spiritual direction or uh, having a spiritual director is sometimes good if you're having like a really struggle or something. Um, but uh, not necessary, of course, but um, how it's good to have, or even just share with like a brother or sister in Christ, right? Like, you know, a great friend, like this is what's going on. Because we all need that encouragement, as I talked about, like these three saints, college roommates. How awesome is that, right? And so you guys are helping each other along. You're building each other up. You could challenge each other, but especially also encourage each other because that's what the Holy Spirit is there, right? To enliven us. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, there was, of course, there are evil spirits, you know, as the one we hear about in the Gospel of Luke, but how we can have power over them in Jesus Christ. And so uh, thank you guys for your witness, uh, for all that you're doing here together. Continue on and uh, know my prayers. So God bless you. Amen.